Welcome to the Eploribus One podcast. This is your host, Sophia Nelson. Happy February 12, 2020. I wanted to stop by and just do a quick uh, post-mortem, if you will, on the first two presidential primaries that we've seen over the last couple of weeks, one in Iowa and the last in New Hampshire, which took place yesterday, Tuesday, on election day. Uh, It was the first primary in the nation, and it's an important one. And I want to just dissect it a little bit. We find ourselves in a very interesting place as a nation. We have just come through the impeachment trial of a president. The president, of course, was acquitted by the Senate in what you would call a relatively tight vote in the majority, meaning the two-thirds it requires to remove a president from office, meaning 67 senators, is a lot. And it's never happened in the history of our country. In the three impeachment trials that we've had of a president, none of them has ever been removed from office. And it was unlikely that President Trump would be removed from office. But interestingly, what happened during that trial really seemed to galvanize the nation in that we find ourselves in a time when we agree on little to nothing. We are very polarized. We're very divided. When I wrote my book, E Pluribus One, reclaiming our founder's vision for a united America, people laughed at me and they said, Sophia, there's no way this country is going to come together. We're very divided. We're very polarized. And perhaps they were right, but I'm an optimist and I'm a big believer in our founding motto, e pluribus unum, out of many, one. And one of the things that gave me a glimmer of hope during the impeachment trial was that over 70% of the public in every poll, whether it was Fox, CNN, uh, Quinnipiac, uh, Gallup, CBS, ABC. If you go and look at the average of the polls, it was no less than 67%, as high as 73% of the country. All voters, black, white, yellow, red, uh, Republican, Democrat, independent, believe that there should have been witnesses and documents. And of course, we know the Senate decided to vote in another way. One senator stood up with courage. That would be Senator Mitt Romney from Utah. And whatever you think about Mitt Romney, his politics, whether you voted for him in 2012 or you didn't, I don't think anyone can argue that he is not a good human being and he's an honorable, good man. He's a faithful husband, father, grandfather, deeply religious man, a Mormon, uh, deep religious faith, uh, represents the great state of Utah as a Republican senator, still very popular. Um, There was an excerpt yesterday on social media that Mitt was on in air flight with um, Senator Ben Sass, and I, I imagine they were both coming back to Washington. And uh, he got a standing ovation on the airplane as people were deplaning. Um, I was in a beauty salon, uh, you know, 99% African-American, Democrat, left-leaning, applauding Mitt Romney's courage. And uh, we've seen it throughout, uh, even at the Democratic debate last week. Uh Mitt Romney got a standing ovation. And uh, I think that says something about where we are in terms of decency and order. Now, look, if you've been following this podcast, uh, you know that we talk about all things America here and American exceptionalism, American unity, American goodness, American greatness, American industry, American music, American uh, sports, American Everything you can think about that has to do with us as a nation, our politics, our policies, what we believe in, what we aspire to, we try to dissect that here. As you know, it's Black History Month, February is Black History Month, and we've devoted this month uh, to Black History. 
If you did not catch my podcast the other day with Shelly Looper Wilson, please do. Her mother, Clara Looper, was an icon. No, she wasn't a name synonymous with Rosa Parks or Coretta Scott King or other civil rights icons like Daisy Bates, but she was certainly someone who made a great change in our country. One person who stood up, who was counted, she is the person who actually organized the first sit-ins in 1958 in Oklahoma, long before uh, the Greensboro, North Carolina sit-ins of 1960, which we commemorate uh, this year. So I want to just remind us to pause and reflect on black history and black history is American history. And it's important that we still talk about it. It's important that we still share it. But to the point of what unites us, this country is still a fundamentally fair, decent, honorable country. I believe that. And as we look at this election cycle and we look at what happened post-impeachment, that people, no matter what they felt about whether the president should be removed or not, everybody believed in fundamental fairness. If I get summoned to a jury tomorrow and I get indicted, and they tell me that I have to appear in court, two things are going to happen. One, I'm going to either get a lawyer if I can't afford one or one's going to be appointed to me. And the next thing that'll happen is a jury selection. Once we get to uh, the court and the lawyers pick the jury and then you go into the trial. And in that trial will be documents. There'll be witnesses both for and against each side. And then it's up to the jury to decide. That didn't happen in this trial. And what I think changed things to the point that I'm getting to with respect to the Democrat nomination is that in this process, John Bolton, who was the former national security advisor, a former ambassador, announced he had a book coming out and excerpts of that book were released in advance. Somebody leaked it clearly and it started a real storm in Washington. To this day, we have not heard uh, from John Bolton and that's problematic. Yesterday, the Department of Justice had a sad day. Four, four federal prosecutors quit in protest that the Attorney General Bill Barr and others tried to interfere in their sentencing recommendation, which is in the sole providence and power of the uh, U.S. attorneys or the federal attorneys prosecuting a federal case of Roger Stone being the person that we're talking about. And uh, the sentence recommended was seven to nine years. People felt that was excessive. The president of the United States of America weighed in on the criminal trial of one of his cronies, longtime friends, said it wasn't fair. And next thing you know, justice was involved. Folks, no matter where you fall on the political spectrum, this is not right. This is not what we do here. We are not a fascist country. We are not a socialist country. We are not in a dictatorship at least I hope not. We are not under authoritarian rule. We're Americans. We believe in liberty, justice, and equality. Even when we don't get it exactly right, we still fight for it and we believe in it. We don't believe that politically powerful people or presidents or senators or governors should be able to make a call and get their friend a lesser sentence or get their friend off a trial when the rest of us wouldn't have that same privilege. We don't have a king. We don't have a queen. We have a president who's elected and accountable. And to those Republican senators who said that you felt the president had learned his lesson, you were wrong. The attacks on Lieutenant Colonel Vindman and all that we see is bigger than President Donald Trump, folks. It's a symptom of where we are. It's a symptom of callousness. It's a symptom of disrespect of our institutions. It's a symptom that we are headed in the wrong direction. To just blame this all on President Trump wouldn't be sufficient. He is a symptom. He is the natural outgrowth 
of a people who are increasingly disconnected, who increasingly only care about our own destiny, our own 401ks, our own families, and we're not that tribal community anymore of people that lift and help and care. And that's a problem for us because this republic cannot long stand if we do not understand that united we stand, divided we fall. You know, this past weekend I watched Gettysburg, which is one of my favorite movies. Uh, it's a classic uh, 90s movie. And I recommend that you sit down and watch it with your kids and, and sit down and watch it and discuss it. Because the thing that I kept coming back to and the reason I watched it was I wanted to remind myself of a time that Americans got to a point where we could no longer talk. We were polarized. We were angry. And then we started to shoot at each other. I'm worried that we're headed in that direction. And so as I watched Gettysburg and I looked at the 53,000 human beings who lost their lives in that four-day campaign at Gettysburg, the bloodiest day of the Civil War, more than the loss of life in the entire Vietnam War in just a few days, it makes you stop and think about how dangerous this can all be if we do not begin to talk, if we do not begin to come back to the sensible center and stop being fringe and polarized. So the state of the democratic race is this. As of yesterday in the New Hampshire primary, Bernie Sanders is now unequivocally the front runner for the Democrats. Joe Biden's campaign has faded and faded badly. Even if he wins in South Carolina, I'm not sure that Vice President Biden has the stamina, the drive, the chutzpah, the, the interest. I think he took a bad beating in the Senate during the impeachment trial. It was unbelievable. It was despicable. It was dishonorable. He deserved better than what he got on the floor of the Senate. How the actions of President Trump became about Joe Biden, somebody's going to have to explain to me, but it was masterful what they did. What the Ukraines refused to do, the United States Senate allowed the president's attorneys to do to Vice President Biden and his son. And so I think that sadly, because Biden's someone I was very much looking forward to supporting, I even made in full disclosure campaign donations to him. Um, I think that it's sad. I think that he's a good man. I think he's got an amazing story, an amazing journey of resilience. He's he's a happy warrior. He's a he's a funny guy. He's a he's laid back. Whatever you may think about his politics, again, I think we can agree he's a good man. And so I think this country needs an elixir of some goodness. This country needs some calm. This country needs some peace. It needs some peacefulness. It needs some connectivity and some dialogue. And I'm looking forward to working with a number of partners and universities and think tanks in Washington over the next year and trying to make that happen because I'm worried about my country. For those of you that didn't know, I made a decision to become a political independent a few weeks ago, wrote a big article about it in the Daily Beast and in USA Today it was a precursor, announced it on CNN. Uh, you can find all those clips, of course, uh, just Google it or you can look on my Twitter feed, I am Sophia Nelson, Facebook, etc. But I want to quickly say and give you my thoughts as I want to wrap this, because this was really just a drive-by during Black History Month to kind of give us a political check-in of where we find ourselves in this race of who's going to be our next president. Uh, here's my take as someone who's been in politics since she was in high school, college, uh, law school, up till now. Uh, you know that I write for many outlets. I'm a pundit on CNN now, left MSNBC over the summer. And uh, here are my thoughts quickly. One, as I said, I think Vice President Biden's campaign is fading. And I expect that probably 
after Nevada, he may have to make a hard decision to leave. Um, I think Elizabeth Warren is probably the biggest surprise to me because I think she's like Tigger. She's she's pleasant. She's energetic. She's a great debater. Um, she's she's got a lot of good ideas and policy positions, but something happened and I don't know what. But she's faded. For her to lose as badly as she did in New Hampshire and to come behind Amy Klobuchar is stunning, but it's also telling. And I think that as a lot of people were saying yesterday, if you look at the vote totals of the progressives, if you add Bernie and Elizabeth Warren's vote totals together in New Hampshire, it's about 34, 35%. If you add Buttigieg, a Biden, and uh, Klobuchar together, you get over 53%, which tells you that this is a centrist election. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I think Amy Klobuchar deserves a lot of credit for hanging in there and surviving uh, what most people thought she never would. Again, if someone had told me that Kamala Harris would have dropped out and Elizabeth Warren would lose in New Hampshire the way she did and Amy would be the last female standing, I would have laughed at you. But that's where we are. So I think that now it turns down to this. I think that this is probably a two-man race between Bernie Sanders and Pete Buttigieg, but there's a fly in the ointment, and his name is Mike Bloomberg. Bloomberg is spending hundreds of millions of dollars. He's a billionaire, and he's a real billionaire. I think the man's worth like 60 billion B with a billion dollars. And I think that in this instance, you have to really look at What's the reality that Amy Klobuchar can raise the money? Although I understand she raised two and a half million dollars in 24 hours, not bad, but she's gonna need a whole lot more than that to set up organizations. And does she have the excitement, the energy, and the ability to go toe to toe with Donald Trump? Listen, folks, President Trump is not gonna play fair. He didn't in 2016, he's gonna give people names. He's gonna be nasty. He's gonna say unkind things. He's gonna run on the economy. He's gonna ask you, do you really want a socialist running America and taxing you and giving your money away? And I think the resounding answer for most Americans is going to be no. And I think that <clears throat> as far as Mayor Pete goes, look, impressive young man, but he's not yet 40 years old. And I don't want my president to be under 40 years old. I just don't. I think that there's wisdom that comes with life. President John F. Kennedy was 43 years old when he won. And don't forget, he had been a U.S. Senator for two terms. He had been a Congressman. He was a war hero, bona fide in World War II, uh, a Pulitzer Prize winning author, his father ambassador to the court of St. James. He was not a novice when he became president. He was young, but he was not a novice. And I think Amy Klobuchar made a great point about us, the danger of us electing yet another uh, celebrity, somebody who's caught on, somebody that we think is cool, and giving them the keys to the nuclear codes. I'm not for that. So I think that my bet now, if I were betting, is that it's either Bernie Sanders or Bloomberg. Buttigieg could be a VP pick. Maybe it's Klobuchar, maybe it's Harris, if you want to put some color in the mix. But I think that President Trump is in a pretty good place now for re-election. And that does not give me joy to say that, because you all know that I'm not a fan of this president. I believe that a president must be moral. I believe that a president must be humble. I believe that a president must be kind and strong. And as Teddy Roosevelt said, speak softly, but carry a big stick. When you need to hit your enemies, you hit them. I agreed with the strike on Soleimani. I agree with probably a number of President Trump's policies, but I don't agree with President Trump and the way he conducts himself as a human being. And for me, that trumps everything, no pun intended. I'm going to tune in every week and give you political updates in the midst of Black History Month. We have some great guests coming up through the rest of this month. Again, if you didn't hear the interview with Shelly 
Looper uh, Wilson, please do. Her mother, Clara Looper, was an amazing civil rights icon. Obituary in the New York Times, you can Google it. Lots of video, lots of pictures, which we'll share on the Pluribus Twitter feed. Make sure you're following us there at Pluribus Cast on Twitter and on Facebook. And uh, one is the website. So I'm looking forward to uh, a good rest of this month. And then next month is Women's History Month. And we'll spotlight an amazing woman each week. Uh, and we'll continue to talk about America, American greatness, the campaign, race relations, gender equality, pay equality, uh, the gun debate, uh, which is really hot here in Virginia, um, between, you know, whether there are going to be restrictive laws or we'll continue to have uh, more free access, if you will, uh, to guns here in the Commonwealth. I'm a gun owner, as you know, proponent of the Second Amendment, but I do believe that you can have reasonable laws to protect children at school and to protect people and to protect women from domestic violence, et cetera. And I think, again, we're going to have to come back to the center, folks, and we're going to start talking to each other. So keeping my eye on Amy Klobuchar, I expect um, Warren to drop out at some point in the near future. I expect Biden probably not to make it either. Even if he wins in South Carolina, I don't see the enthusiasm for his campaign. We'll see what happens. Tune in. Uh, keep tuning in. Uh, leave me a voicemail. Send me a tweet. Send me an email. Tell me what you want to hear. Tell me what you think. By the way, I want to address uh, one thing. We did get a couple voicemails about the quality of some of the podcasts. Let me apologize for that. Sometimes when we uh, get our guests on, they are on their cell phones. Let me be clear. And unless we have the proper equipment, unless I can be sitting in an office next to you, the way that podcasts work, you either have to be in studio Uh, This podcast on the Anchor is unique in that you can do it by app, and it's got a pretty good sound quality. But if my guests have a bad connection, and we've tried it, trust me, on uh, a couple of the interviews, we tried it several times to get the connection better, and we just couldn't make it work. So we'd rather have the interview than not. And I will not uh, play the patriotic drum corps anymore. Uh, Some of you said you don't like that music, so we'll stick with our beats, which is uh, much better, and I think... Uh, much more chic and and cool for this type of podcast. So again, thank you for the feedback. I hear you. I always want to hear from you. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. God bless you and God bless the United States of America.